We've had a great time here tonight. It's been a phenomenal crowd. Good night. Now you see that kills it. All right, we're back. Matt and Bob here, and we're here to give you a little analysis. Hey, everybody. This time it's of a breakthrough improv movie. Uh, Don't think twice. Mike Perbiglia's project. Welcome the commune. Improv is an art form unto itself. The most important thing is don't think. You don't think, you don't memorize. You don't get paid. So true, but isn't that kind of fun, too? Of course, yes. Uh, very excited to speak to you about this one. Um, I can already tell this is going to be a special one in the Bob Pantalone canon. Uh, may even I, it's definitely in my top twenty all time. And, it's already in there. Uh, huh? May even be top ten. I just it it you know and and we're going to get into this obviously as we go along, but it it speaks to me on such a personal level. I think they hit all the right notes in terms of, and it's such a perfect movie for where I'm at in my life and also, you know, career and performance. And I just really thought that they nailed it absolutely in terms of a lot of the things I'm going through. There was a, there was a few different characters that I related to. There wasn't one specific character that I was like, oh, that guy is, you know, I, you know, I can definitely understand exactly what that guy's place is in, but. I loved it, and I'll be talking about it. I'll be quoting it in terms of you know my relationship to the arts and different things for a long time. I feel. Yeah, I mean, uh, in my twenties, I always hoped I would uh, host a podcast with Pop Panalone, and uh, now in my thirties, I've realized how dumb it was to hope. How dumb it was to hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. it was great, man. It's so honest, and it's such a perfect, uh, you know, uh, look at that world. Um, which we haven't seen in a while. And anyone in the improv scene in New York or Chicago has to relate to this on so many levels. Oh, of course. And let's start Let's start from the beginning. Let's go with the plot. So Don't Think Twice is a movie about an improv troupe called The Commune. And they're based out of New York. And it, it basically, uh, they perform in a theater that is resemblance of the UCB theater out there, which is a spinoff of the Improv Olympic Theater, which is in Chicago. And the first scene opens up with a voiceover of uh, Gillian Jacobs, who plays Sam, who's um, kind of one of the main female characters in the movie. And she's talking about the rules of improv and she's talking about how it's community building and how it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's uh, unscripted and everything revolves around, yes, anding your partner. And it's basically she's going over the rules of improv and um, then it gets into the performance of the commune and one of the main performers at the commune ends up getting an audition for weekend live, which is you know, a movie version of Saturday Night live and their career kind of starts to take off and it leaves the rest of the performers in the commune to kind of search within themselves in terms of where they're going and where they're at in their lives and what sort of career path they actually feel improv is going to give them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just wanted to recap that for everybody. So, and and that's kind of where the drama is, and that's obviously where I started to relate to it, is because, you know, me and you, Matt, and I really wish we would have been able to get Greg on the show today, because he's still currently living in that place. Uh, so, hopefully, we'll be able to talk to him about this later. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we had our flirtation with improv, and, and you know, I, I think it's still, even though it's, primarily focused in improv it can also be relatable to anyone that's just in the performing arts in general um in terms of like you know we're reaching the end of our 20s so you know the kind of 
you know, the, the, we're going to go for it. And this, you know, the American dream of, of you know, being an actor in theater. And now you're getting into your thirties and you're going, where is this taking me? And do I have to take other steps uh, in other places in terms of my life? So it's a really strong, uh, strong message. Yeah, It's so genuine and difficult to watch for those reasons, but it's also like a really sweet look at it. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, people in that, transition part of their lives like do you do you go all in or do you jump ship and you you either just gotta like hunger down and work even harder or do you you gotta have you know realize where you're at in your life or maybe like what Mike Birbilli is going through his character where everyone's just like you just gotta accept it man and you know it's just you just don't have it and all this shit that everyone yeah so says to you the movie was written and directed by Mike Birbiglia, who, you know, you know, everyone has that like band that they feel that they discovered before they got big. And I, I know you've, you've, you've always been like, Oh, Mike Birbiglia is one of your boys. I remember seeing his half hour comedy special, you know, when I'm, when um, comedy sports was doing every comedian basically got like a little 30 minute set with commercial breaks in between. Yeah. Um, and I, and I just kind of fell in love with him. I, I started following him on my face uh, when he had like, 15,000 f- friends on MySpace. So this is back then. Say, and I remember writing... my face? Huh? MySpace. <laughs> I think you said my face first. <laughs> no. no, I said MySpace. Uh, the audio will tell. But uh, so I remember writing on his wall, um, Mike Birbiglia, you're the man with the word you're spelled incorrectly. And I couldn't edit it back on the day. You couldn't yeah. edit on a... And I said, you're the man, Dane Cook sucks. Come to CMU. <laughs> And uh, he ended up coming to CMU, not because oh, of that yeah, post, yeah. but he ended up coming to CMU a year later. And it was in the Plakta, but it was like sparsely attended. Uh, I got basically got to sit right up front for that. And uh, yeah, I've always just been a big fan. And then he hey, welcome blew up. CMU. Absolutely Happy to be blew. here. But for, oh, we'll get to the comedy in a minute. But first of all, for anyone uh, watching, this is how you spell your. Uh... <laughs> exactly. Good friend. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, that's. I remember when me and you were. Um, I dragged you out to one of those brand investor events where you had to rent a car from the airport and drive out to the middle of nowhere, some suburb of Chicago, and have people try the new, I don't know, AT and T phones. Uh, and you you were doing mm-hmm. bits from one of. I think it was uh, what I should have said was nothing or or one of those. Yeah, uh, yeah, how, exactly. Uh, Joey bag of donuts, and like that was like the first bit of his I had heard, and ever since then it's. His comedy specials are hilarious, and oh, yeah, it's so great. I definitely and, heard about him first from you. Yeah. So anyway, so he wrote and directed this, and I've been hearing it compared to kind of his Annie Hall moment, to where he's going from being a comedian with some interesting material to a, a, a qualified filmmaker, and I totally agree with that comparison. I don't know if it's going to end up being as iconic as Annie Hall was for relationships, but I definitely feel that for the performing arts and for in terms of acting movies, this one really hit home, and I watched it. Um, I actually, really cool, I got to watch it with uh, Gillian Jacobs, who plays Sam mm-hmm. in the movie, she was doing a talk back at the music theater, at the music box theater here in Chicago, and it was just filled with improvisers and um, actors and everybody that had a question to ask her. Basically, just praised the movie in terms of how they got it. And I mean, I, most of us, there were so many people. I, I honestly like teared up a little bit in oh, this yeah. one. Yeah, um, I had to fight back some tears just because it was is hitting me so hard and so close to home. And um, so yeah, I, yeah, it was a. Uh, 
such a great thing. I, I, I just keep saying that over and over again. But um, so yeah, what did you think of the cast here? Let's talk about some of the the other performers. Yeah, in the no, movie. I mean that. Yeah, it's all good. I, I'm I'm working. Did you ever see Sleepwalk with Me? By the way. Yes, the yeah, movie. No, yeah. It was also produced by the same Ira Glass produced yeah, yeah. that and also produced this. Uh, I haven't seen that, but because uh, he he was on uh, this NPR podcast, Fresh Fresh Air, where he talks about at length kind of how that was developed, and I was really interested in, in that. So, yeah. So I wanted to ask you if if you thought that he sat down and tried to write like a great Herald, or if he tried to kind of parody it, because like the scenes are really cheesy, and I was like, oh god, like, and this was supposed to be like the best you know group yeah so i I'm well curious what what do you think according to jillian gillian jacobs she said that all the improvised scenes were scripted and there are two performers in the movie that aren't improvisers at all it's her and kate micucci who plays kind of the smaller girl who likes to do the graphic novels yeah and chris gethard is a big time ucb guy and then uh, tammy sager is uh, she plays the kind of the pothead of the group she is um second city big time second city alum and uh mike birbiglia kind of dabbles in improv so they, he kind of like loaded it with like really seasoned improvisers and then two people that were kind of more actors and then of course keegan michael key detroit second city shout out what to up? detroit but um so like he, he loaded it with kind of uh seasoned improvisers but he scripted all of the the improv the improv scenes in the movie push along the plot and push along the yeah. The metaphors that he's trying to get. So all the improv was very scripted. Uh, they would loosely do about ten minutes per shoot of uh, improv scenes, but uh, they were very uh, imp- uh, the, the improvising was very. But they they really made the improvising seem genuine and look genuine. Uh, they definitely felt. I got the feel that I was in an improv show doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah, so it, it, cool. it definitely resembled uh, an improv show. Um, it wasn't like great improv, which uh, I mean. The fact that it, it's scripted it has a purpose of like, yeah, we have to set up this kind of the orphans bit in in the you know the SNL scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then that comes back. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I was just like, oh god, yeah, they're it, they're na- like this is so much the whole I've got your back, I got your back, I got your back, and all all yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the stupid silly crap that you you do behind the scenes and. And then you're yeah, the warm ups. Yeah, the warm ups, and just you're with these people 100 percent of the time, and uh, that's because for me being in that scene, I, I just remember getting so irritated by just how nobody ever turned off, and like at every single party, people would be playing the games, and that's what kind of yeah. got me worn out on it. And uh, I think they capture that as well, except you know their group obviously gets a well, you know, get it, it's so accurate to how you know you have like these weird works and you know the, the, the guy's dad is like comatose and they're making fun of how we said goodbye and how like you, mm-hmm. you can go there with you know if you've been improvising for long enough y'all yeah a, a famous tj uh tj and dave quote is it only gets really good if you do it with the same people for a really long time that's yeah. the only time that improv is ever really good and they do they do a really nice job of showing the the group mind and you know they they all take those trips together to visit the dad mm-hmm. in philadelphia supporting and it, it really becomes a close special relationship and some of our best uh, we've formed friendships through 
basically these this type of performing art like me you greg and you know cam and other people and like lifetime friendships uh you know kind of fused in in being in the trenches and and kind of the uh, places you you go and it's you got to be vulnerable and you got to be listening and you know in the end and um in even i even think it's echoed in this movie in that there's no real star of this movie it's very much uh a you know, there, there are people that are successful and not successful, but in terms of screen time and in terms of importance, each character kind of is, it's more of a, what's the term I want to use? It's, it's, you know, more of a community movie. It's more of a, uh, yeah, ensemble ensemble piece. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because Keenan-Michael Key obviously experienced this um, exact sort of plot. I mean, you know, him and uh, the 313 improv troupe, out of Detroit, and then he gets on Mad TV, and then, and and now you know the whole uh, Key and Peele show because they um, they did a show here at IO, um, I think sometime last year, and uh, he was he was like just the leader of the group now. And whereas when we saw them back in you know at CMU, it was uh, Larry Joe Campbell was kind of like the head of that group, yeah. but it's also his like you know he's coming back to his alma mater, mater. yeah. yeah. But it just, it must have been such a, you know, close to home, a real thing for him to be like, oh, yeah, this probably exactly happened to me. Um, yeah, and Gillian Jacobs said that Keegan-Michael Key, when they did the first read-through, thanked Mike Birbiglia, and he said, you wrote a movie about my life, and you don't even know me. He said, I cannot believe how real this is for me. Yeah, and I, yeah I figured. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, and uh, it's in, in the relationship that SNL SNL is so important in having something like Weekend Live as a device in this movie. It's so important because that's really the end game for you. Either make it that far, or you find something else to do. And I can't tell you when I was even my brief dabble in it, um, in in like how many people just the layman person will go oh so like you're going for snl like is snl the one thing that you really want to do is that you're going to do improv is it like are you do you want to be on snl and it's just like that's all anyone ever talks about when you talk about sketch comedy or improv comedy it's just that's the only thing that's on anyone else's mind and it's either success or fail and it's the hardest thing to achieve because there's what five male six male parts on that show and half the people don't leave for seven years it's mm-hmm. just like it's almost impossible to get on that show it's impossible to get an audition Mike Birbiglia was asked have you ever auditioned he goes no it's impossible to get an audition for SNL how could you know I'm a comedian I don't I don't my I don't do impressions I don't do anything like that so like of course I've never auditioned for that show yeah they they don't just come to the one show and then boom you're you're up there um yeah but I, I guess if we're to believe you know the commune was the is the height of of the improv teams and uh, they definitely would be poached at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it does happen. It certainly happens. But And Mike Birbiglia said he really got the idea for the script when he and his wife would go to UCB in New York and watch shows, and she was going, oh, that's really interesting. You know, one guy on here is a movie star, two people on here perform on TV for SNL, and then three of these people sleep on a mattress and like an air mattress yeah. in Queens and they're all equally as good. Yeah, and it's just, that's exactly. kind of, he was really trying to capture that in the movie is that all of these people are good and who gets it or not is pretty much just a crapshoot. Yeah. So it's kind of just the luck of the draw, but it's also like that killer instinct mentality where you're not afraid of success is it's more so than being afraid of failure. Like 
which is what the Jillian Jacobs part was so cool, where she couldn't even go into the room. Like she got the audition yeah. and she couldn't do it. Um, and like, but then also also Keegan Michael Key in the Commune show where he ends up getting his audition. Um, the showboat a- aspect of it, and a- anybody that's in improv knows when you do an improv audition, it goes from being a you know an ensemble art form to very much like a show off. Look what I can do audition, uh, and it kind of changes the dynamic of what happens. You know yeah, what I mean? Everyone's I mean, always trying to to show off and do their best character, and you yeah, know. and just you kind of sell out the show and and your team to kind of put out your Obama impression for the, the cat, you know, casting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that happens in, you know, a real life setting. I feel like they would see that and, and not be impressed and like, Oh, that's bad improv. You totally sold out the team. I, I don't know if they yeah. would care about that or if they would want to see that impression. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, this teacher out here, um, uh, for a commercial workshop class I had, he, he harps on the whole not being afraid of success thing and how that can be a huge deterrent of, um, you know, some people just aren't ready for the success, so they're not, like, even if they were to get this part, they, they wouldn't be able to handle handle it stress-wise. Yeah, so they almost purposely blow the audition. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that was cool. It included that. There are just so many nuanced uh, details, and it was just really well-written and paced and... I yeah. What what would you say were like the really funny parts? I'm having a hard time remember what was like laugh out loud funny for me. Uh, I I really liked the scene. Uh, Keegan Michael Key brings Ben Stiller to uh the to the show to try to get his girlfriend Sam noticed again because she didn't go to the audition and he was trying to get a casting director to go and and afterwards Ben Affleck or Ben not Ben Affleck uh Ben Stiller is talking to the group and they're kind of grilling him. Yeah. Uh, they're they're kind of starstruck and and they're kind of flubbing around and stuff. I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah. I thought that this um the Mike Birbiglia sleeping with the 20 year old girls or like trying to. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Where he like does his whole routine where he's like jumps up into his bed. Like it's, it's, you know, it's kind of small, but you know, so am I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that big, but you know, neither am I. So, here <laughs> yeah, you know. uh, and it's, it's this college dorm room. And then he brings like an old classmate home and she goes, I'm not going to stay here. <laughs> like I'm a 35 year old. Yeah. Woman. Yeah. I'm not going to sleep in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like he's going through his script. Uh, yeah, it goes from comedy to drama pretty quickly and kind of lives. I think I would call it more of a drama than a comedy. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, a dramedy, sure. but it's more of a drama. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there, lot there, of, there's just a lot of cringe worthy moments. Just, yeah. yeah. The part I related to most was when Chris Gethard is, they're talking about, you know, who's going to move on or who's going to do whatever they're going to do. And Chris Gethard goes, I work, I sell, um, or I do samples for hummus and chips for my job, and everyone walks past me, and they look at me like I'm a loser, and they don't know that every night I get out here with the commune at the improv, and I am a rock star. And he was like, if I lose that, if I walk away from improv, I'm nobody. I'm just I am a guy, a loser selling chips. And that is, you know, like, like it gives me purpose. Yeah. And he also has the great line of the 20s, in your 20s, it was all about hope. In your 30s, it's all about how dumb I was to hope. Yeah, and legit. those two lines are just perfect for someone that struggles with their place in the art. Yeah, they're uh, tough pills to swallow for anyone that's, you know, gotten up there and, and been in that world for a while. And you can see it in, in the character's face. I mean, everybody experiences 
this thing, like, these emotions so heartfeltedly. Uh, it, yeah, it's just such an, an honest, niche uh, movie about a community that I don't know if there's ever, ever been a movie about. I, I mean, I'm thinking about um, Trust Us, This Is All Made Up, the TJ and Dave documentary, but mm-hmm. can't think of any, you know, dra- dramatized movies about improv. Yeah, and I also think it might even get even more people into improv that, uh, you know, haven't been in it. Almost like the way Rounders got people doing Hold'em Poker. Yeah. Where you get this movie, and if people start to, like, if it, if it catches on, and it really, you know, people be like, oh, this is a really cool kind of communal thing, and it seems like, you know, something you know, I might be into, and it just puts even more of a light on it. Not that improv needed any more attention. I mean, Second City gives it so much here in Chicago. You uh, I, I can't see that happening. I, I think it does not paint it in a very illustrious light. I don't, I mean... Okay, yeah, the the people that would uh, that are drawn to Groundlings and and Second City because Will Ferrell graduated here. Oh, I'm gonna be the next Will Ferrell. But those are the people in the audience who are like, "Hey, do your uh, hey, where's uh, where's Keenan Michael Key?" And it's like those asshats that are just, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that's you know, don't be an asshat. And they even an have asshole. when she's teaching classes, they have a guy like that. That's just he's not yes anding anything and she's kind of scolding him for doing bad improv and he's like yeah well i want to get on snl like how do i do that like i don't i don't care about this i mean that's where that's where it's at you know and they have like a guy like that that could give a shit about actually improvising yeah exactly yeah it doesn't really paint it in a glamorous light it's i mean just the the how hard it is yeah which is that is certainly true but i you know it's it it also is something that that if you do it and if and if you've ever been uh, fortunate enough to be a part of a group uh kind of like how we had it at central uh it, it is something that it is i love and i loved to do and you know the scene out here in chicago burned me out of it a little bit but you know just looking back or thinking back on the days where i did do it i, I think about it very fondly and yeah I, I did have some of those those moments with the i got your back stuff and you know the scenes out there uh you know it's just it brings it back and you know, I've, you know, I've been there I'm in that place. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's different from being at the top of the New York improv scene uh, and then being the only game in town at your college. Uh, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the, still relatable. Those shows were great. They're a lot of fun. And then you get out to Chicago and you're 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 in it, and then you you realize how oh everyone else loves it more than me, and they're willing to work way harder. Uh, and this is really hard. And I'm not I'm not like this rock star, you know. Uh, college improv troupe performer anymore this is like the, the real stuff and th- there's a lot of pretenders as well um and they they, mm-hmm. they get weeded out eventually um you just gotta like keep rising to the top and then just keep doing it over and over and over and you just have to have such stamina for it and it kind of becomes your your life um and i was i had a hard time kind of completely committing to the, the scene of it and just always yeah always improvising always going to shows always hanging out with your troupe and um, yeah, I just I would go through bouts of getting burnt out and just needing to reset. And I, it's a fun skill to have. It's it's you know I think it makes you a better performer in anything you're doing. Um, and it's obviously a lot of fun. And there's moments of brilliance that you know you didn't plan for, and then you you experience it. And you're like, wow, that was really cool. Like, um, 
Yeah, and the pond keeps getting bigger. And also, if you have other interests, if you want to do television, like more so, or if you want to do straight theater or stuff, you know, that takes away from your time improvising and time networking. And mm-hmm. so, you know, those things happen too. And and uh, I, I really liked a scene what Tammy Sager had with Mike Birbiglia where he's working on Keegan-Michael Key and he's trying to get his audition through Michael Key. And she's like, why don't you just take the time to make a good writing packet and focus on your work instead of focusing on him and focusing on how he's going to get you there why don't you do the work well and sell the work and you know i thought that was another nice element of just sometimes you know certain people feel like this is the path they need to take or this is the shortcut instead of sitting down and pounding out the work or just just waiting for someone to give you a call yeah exactly just waiting for the call isn't going to get anything and then once your friend through hard work gets up there and you're like, what can this guy do for me? How can he help forward my career? And just being so bitter and envious about the fact that he had trained him in the first place. And yeah, um, yeah, Mike, Mike's character, Miles, became, he was like such a dick there once Keenan-Michael Key got the show. But then once, you know, he decides to adopt his girlfriend's Latino baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does he end up doing, by the way? I know they kind of like start a family together, but by the end yeah what, what he moves it? to the burbs and he's pretty much done with the scene and he's yeah but did, did you get a sense of what his career was or anything did that come out no i mean yeah i don't know how he's making money i i didn't really get it i, I didn't know what he was doing outside of teaching improv uh they, they did a quick uh snip of everyone's kind of current jobs that they were working while yeah. they were doing improv like uh, keegan michael key was delivering food on a bike yeah. and chris gethard does the chips and tammy sager is unemployed and she's just living off of her parents money mm-hmm. i can't remember what mike berbiglia did as a profession yeah i think he uh, might have just Miles been a coach no oh, that's there's hardly any money in that yeah but, i know uh, might, there must have been something else I, I just don't think that was ever shown yeah okay yeah and uh you know kind of bring a full circle my older brother andrew is kind of loosely friends he used to work or help out at detroit second city and so he knew keegan bumped into him about three or four years ago and they made me a video and they put it on my facebook that's about, right keegan, i forgot about that keegan michael key was screaming at me they were drunk but he was yelling at me to immerse myself and immerse myself in the chicago scene because that's what Detroiters do. And he was trying to encourage me to go all in and basically, like you said, spend all your time in this. And that is how you get great at it. Didn't necessarily listen to him. Yeah. But, you know, I had a podcast to plan for. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To uh, early planning. Um, but it has come to fruition and we now reap the fruits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really so, cool. Really cool movie, man. Uh, um, it's. It's so real, and uh, I know that you know we didn't reach the heights of the the people that are the show is based around. But I think anyone that's ever been in a troupe can relate to it, and or anyone that's in Chicago or New York trying to do it. it it's so relatable, and it's so brutally honest and hard to watch, and funny and sweet, and you know, yeah, yeah. And to bring it home, uh, these indie movies this summer that this summer is is been universally panned in terms of the blockbusters. Oh, I I, almost every blockbuster has been terrible. I've had a great summer. I haven't seen any blockbusters. I've just seen fantastic indie films. Yeah, the indie scene this summer should be remembered for how awesome the indie scenes are. Movies like uh, uh, Hunt for the Swiss Wilder Army People, Man. Swiss Army Man. Don't uh, think twice. Yeah, I Wiener saw Dog. Wiener Dog. Indignation. Yeah. I saw recently. Um, so, 
yeah a lot of cool stuff man um get away from the multiplex and go down to your art theater and that's you know because not saying that you know blockbusters aren't fun every now and again but man have they been bad this summer but man have these been great <laughs> yeah and so this 2016 i'll be always grateful for for the don't think twice giving me don't think twice yeah we'll see how it holds up uh in the coming years um but for right now it's uh it's a really cool nice little little corner store of of uh of comedy yeah uh well cool man yeah glad we got to meet up to do this uh this was a lot of fun uh clock today. glad to be back yeah all right cool just around the corner we got south park oh yeah stay with us people because fireworks are about to just start off <laughs> a couple weeks is why we're here Woo-hoo! breaking down every episode of south park uh new season i think it's gonna be sometime in october or, or september uh, early uh, mid-september yeah oh man i can't wait for that that's gonna be great all right everybody go lions right. talk to you 